for you. Um, I'm going to ask my sister Val if she would um, open us up in prayer real quick. Mayor, is there another Val on the phone? Val Boyd. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> you need to unmute. Unmute yourself. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. I know you had a lot of vowels last time. Too. <laughs> yeah, so you. I'm, I'm calling you this time. Praise God. Okay. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for thank you for church for women across the world, across the states. We thank you for this time to gather together and talk, communicate, however you. You need to reach us and teach We thank you for bringing us each other. Thank you for Karen, our leader, and, and all that she has planned, how you speak to her and through her. And we ask that you just continue to work with all of us as a group. Stir it up, whatever you need us to do. We, we, we look to you. We seek to be closer to you and know your will for our way. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Thank you so much, Val Boyd. Um, those of you that are joining us for the first time, I said welcome to this segment, A Centralized Moment, The Focus Is You. Uh, this is week four that we have been on this Zoom. Uh, the first week we started off with a um, personal story um, of domestic violence. Uh, the second week, we had some statistics and some data about the rise in domestic violence, especially during these times of COVID-19, when we know that um, a lot of our victims are stuck in the homes with their abusers, with nowhere to go, nobody to turn to, and nobody to, to help them. So we... Um, started coming together as women to offer some support to those victims that may be suffering in silence and don't have anyone to reach out to. And we wanted to be available to them if it was just to offer a word of prayer, if it was to offer some kind of encouragement to talk them through a situation that they might be going through until they can get a way out. Um, powerful segment that night um we have it recorded and so um if there's anyone that wishes to hear it we're going to try to run it again but we did not want to go live with it because people were telling some personal stories and in respect to people um telling their personal stories we did not go live with it but it is available and we plan to do it at another time for purposes of those that might not have been able to join the third week, we did um, grief. We talked about um, grief, um, dealing with the grief of a spouse, a child, or a parent. And Reverend Dr. Cassandra Williams spoke to us about the different um, forms of grief. Uh, some of, she gave us some tips on some things that you might be able to do if you're going through that, we had some real life stories given by some of the participants in this Zoom meeting, and we just shared each other's pain and to an effort to encourage each other. And as we finished up last week, um, I asked about some topics that could be of interest to women. And um, Ms. Um, Valerie um, Nellums, uh, she's a RN nurse. Uh, she's, what else she told me? I'm, I'm gonna let her introduce herself, but <laughs> she wanted to come on and actually um, talk to us about COVID-19 and women's health issues. So I'm not gonna talk anymore. I'm gonna turn it over to Valerie. And I'll just ask you, you know, if you just would be, um, if you're not, you know, if you don't have a question or anything, then please mute your phone so we don't have a whole lot of background. So we'll be able to hear what it is Valerie is going to bring to us. So at this time, I'll ask Valerie if she would introduce herself and, and take it from there. 
Hello, thank you, Karen, for this opportunity. My name is Valerie Nellums. I am a registered travel nurse. And with the pandemic, I have worked a lot of the front line with the COVID patients. Um, there is so much about COVID-19 that we don't know about. I mean, we're seeing things that change every day. That's why I wanted to talk tonight about a few things about COVID-19. Right now, I'm in Jacksonville getting ready to go on a um, mobile unit for COVID testing. So it's real. I mean, we're opening back up things, I think, a little fast because with all the protesting, in about three weeks, the numbers are probably going to spike again. Um, and that's what the healthcare is predicting. So we will see. And now they're testing more and more. But COVID-19 is a virus. That's why we don't have medicine. We don't have a vaccine. It's just like the flu shot. They give you a flu shot, but it's not guaranteed it's going to work because it's a virus. A virus is a, an infection that gets in the that's formed inside system through humans, animals, plants, any live cell of, of infection is going to spread. And the reason why it's called COVID-19 is because the little, it's like a little star thing. I think you guys have all seen the pictures probably in the media, but those little spurs is what sticks to the lungs. And that's what causes the infection because it's hard to once it gets in the lung. But there's one thing about the COVID virus that it doesn't like heat. So it's kind of easy to treat it as far as prevention, um, a lot of warm fluids, and there's a lot of things we can do to help and protect ourselves. But um, COVID-19 is a respiratory infection. It starts at the nose and the mouth, and it goes through the lungs. And that's why we have so many people that aren't able to suppress this is because it affects them in different ways. You, it is very confusing to the healthcare workers because most times before we knew about COVID-19, people presented with flu-like symptoms and we just assumed it was the flu. But now we're coming back with more symptoms. Um, things you should know about COVID-19 is, is illness is caused by a virus that can spread from person to person or from animal. The virus can cause, um, COVID-19 is now known, COVID is the disease, COVID-19 is the actual infection itself. Um, COVID-19 symptoms can range from mild to severe. It, um, like I said, it can spread from human. It's, it's a droplet. So if someone coughs or someone sneezes on something and you touch it, then you're picking up that infection. So that's why it's important with the hand washing and the mask. I, you know, I see so many people walking around with the mask under their nose or, or under their chin, you might as well not wear a mask because you're not protecting anything. You gotta be cognizant to protect yourself and the ones, because like I wear a mask when I go out because I could be a carrier and not even know it. So if you don't have enough sense to protect yourself, at least protect the other people. Hand washing. Lysol, disinfectants, keep your surfaces clean. Lately, there was, originally we had symptoms of COVID-19 was fever, cough, shortness of breath, trouble breathing, fatigue, chills, body aches, headaches, sore throat, loss of smell and taste, nausea and diarrhea. But as this disease progressed, now we're seeing that people are having more of a respiratory um, issues 
the infection has triggered the immune system, causing blood clots. We have people coming in with strokes, and these are young people, and it's like, what? They have no medical problems. All of a sudden, they're coming in, stroke, heart attacks, nosebleeds. Um, and young women, too, reproductive, it affects their reproductive systems. So this virus is very serious. It causes a lot of things that we don't know, and the doctors don't know why it's presenting in different ways and why this kids now, we're seeing the Kawasaki virus. The Kawasaki virus has been around, but now it's coming back. And first they thought kids weren't immune to this, but no. So, you know, you have to protect the kids just as well as you protect yourselves. When you are test positive, they send you home with discharge instructions. Like I said, there's really no medicine for this. The vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, push the fluids, warm fluids, stay well hydrated because the first thing happens is your renal system starts shutting down if you get dehydrated. So these are things you need to do to stay safe at home. Um, is push your fluids and don't hesitate of your symptoms worse and you become short of breath, go to the hospital. You know, at first they were telling everybody stay home, don't go to the hospital. But then people are coming in and it was too late because they were scared to come to the hospital. Right now, most hospitals have places where the COVID positive patients are treated and the other patients are treated in another area. So it's safe. Don't hesitate to go. If you feel like you have symptoms, there's so many testing sites now. Go get tested. And then when you're, you know, if you're home, stay home. Don't go out unless you have to. I mean, I know everything is opening back up and everybody is tired of being shut in, the social distance, but it's safe to stay home. Stay home unless you extremely have to, and especially if you have any kind of comorbidity, cancer, diabetes, Anything that would make you a high-risk patient, stay home, eat healthy, push your fluids, stay well hydrated, exercise, do Zoom if you need social contact. <laughs> but there is so much that this virus is deadly. It's not like the flu where most people can just fight it off. We're losing so many people and it says the numbers are plotting, but the numbers are plotting because they haven't really started testing everybody yet. So we still don't know a lot about COVID-19, but for your own safety, please, please stay safe. Hand wash, wear your mask. And I want everybody to know, when you wear your mask, it's over your nose and your mouth, like this. I don't like this. Put up. I saw somebody had a hole in there and they were smoking a cigarette. Like, okay, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But, but you will. You'll see all kind of things. Um, I'm like, why wear masks if you're gonna put a hole in there to put your cigarette in? But they do it. But I mean, it's it's just, it is. Um, it's a lot. And this thing is by no way controlled or contained. So you have to be safe. Uh, if we don't watch out for each other, it's not. And when you go out, wear your mask. You'll see so many people that's not wearing their mask, but protect yourself because you don't know who is positive or not because a lot of people don't present with symptoms. And, they, and a lot of people are coming back positive and they have no symptoms. So on that call, please just stay safe. Any questions? Anybody has any questions they want to ask? Go ahead, um, Flora. <laughs> I'm yourself. Okay. Hello, this is Robin from Florida. I have a question for you, Daughter Val. I'm hearing on news that um, we shouldn't be doing all of that washing, over washing our hands, cleaning up so much, covering up all the time, and staying, trying to stay safe from others and keeping people safe from us. But then they're saying it's kind of dangerous because we're not allowing our bodies to build immunity up, um, build up our immune cells and all of that. So 
we're caught between a um, rock and a hard place. What do we do? No, no. When you're out in public, it, it's recommended. I'm telling you, I can't tell you. My hands are so dry. I wash my hands on a day. When you are out in the public, but when you're in your own surroundings, you're not washing your hands and you're not that cognitive about what you're doing. You're not wearing gloves, hopefully, through your house. But when you're out in public, because this is worldwide and there's so many cases that hasn't even been tested yet, wash your hands. Uh, the media, no, wash your hands. Because like I said, we wash our hands every 15, 20 minutes. So you have to protect yourself. I have a question, Val, and, and, mm -hmm. and, I, and it's probably a question that everybody has been asking. I hear you talking about the virus and some of the symptoms and things that are happening. What is the theory behind the toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> because the theory behind the toilet paper is the people knew they were going to be home and they had diarrhea. One of the symptoms from COVID-19 is diarrhea. Okay. Yeah, and a lot of people know that they're going to be home quarantined, and I guess they figured that they were going to run out of toilet paper, but... <laughs> okay. But it can cause a GI upset with vomiting and diarrhea. That's okay. another sign and symptom. Okay. All right. Anybody else has a question? Yes. Hi. Hi, Valerie and um, Karen. This is Sheila Reed. Um, I have a question about whether it could be um, entered into your your system via your eyes. Yes, what? yes. Okay. That's why you see us with face shields and gargoyles. Like I wear my glasses, but yeah, you can get it through your eyes. And um, what happened was we found that out because when we were doing codes to, um, in the emergency room and you would get splashes in the respiratory. Now we don't even do aerosol treatments on COVID-19 patients because of the, the, them blowing out the air because you can get it in your eyes. That's why you see the face shields as well. Yes. Yeah. So, so my, my other question is, if that's the case, how likely is it for the general populace to contract it that way? Shouldn't they be recommending if we go out, we wear glasses or some kind of eye protection as well? Well, that's where the social distance, because this is a respiratory, but the distance is not that far. You gotta be like directly, like someone has a cough in your face almost to get it. Um, okay. but, but with the air, with your mouth and your nose, you're breathing. So you're inhaling it, but with your eyes, it almost had to be a direct contact, like somebody has a sneeze in your face. Okay. It's All right. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Renee. Hi, uh, this is Renee uh, from Charleston. You said uh, you talked about the person to person. Uh, what is the, what's the animal to person or animal to animal connection? Animals can carry COVID, animals can carry COVID nineteen too. Okay. Your cats, dogs, they can be positive too. So, what kind of um, uh, symptoms do they show? they may not show any, but a virus can live in any human cell. That's including plants too. Any, when you take biology, all your living cells, your plants, mm -hmm. your animals and humans. So it has been known that the animals could also test positive for COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Now, whether they're testing or not, or what they have symptoms, that I'm not sure about, but I know that mm -hmm. animals can also have the COVID-19. Okay, because my dog is sick, um, and I keep taking him to the vet, so maybe I can ask them. Maybe you ask him to test him. Yeah, yeah. ask him to say, um, say, is it possible he could have COVID-19? Yeah, because he's got other things going on, but um, he's just, like, really lackluster, um, so that was a concern. Well, you know, that's one of the symptoms. There were, like, six new symptoms for COVID-19. You know, the original ones I read, but the new ones is that fatigue, malaysia, and that comes with the stroke, like um, they're having a droop, face droop. Um, I had a, a patient that came in the ER. This man was talking to me in less than four hours. He was going to the cath lab, and then they called him a stroke when he mm. was there. And like I said, we are learning day by day different things because now we're seeing like everybody coming in with nosebleeds because 
the clotting factors, this virus is just, it's really, it's really a lot. It's not yeah. like a typical little flu. And if your dog is sick, I would take him back to the vet and ask him, you know, hey, this is just something not right. Oh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, is there a way for the dog to transfer the COVID to her as a human? If he have the dog does have it, yeah, because he has the wet nose and the little. Sometimes they sneeze, but and, you know she pets and touch the dog because one of the articles I was reading it was like when you're at home, be cognizant of your pets. Mm -hmm. They can be carriers too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Tanya. Tanya, unmute yourself. Tanya, you have a question? You can, okay, go ahead. Yes. Um, you said that children also are touching the virus. Yes. Is they, there any particular ages? No age. We've seen two uh, infants, um, and, and the kids are presenting difference. They're coming with, Kawasaki is uh, immune, which we saw, when I started back in pediatrics, we used to see kids every once in a while with Kawasaki. It was a virus, and the kids just had a virus, and they got over it. But now it's presenting with the COVID-19, and it's serious, and it's worse. It's causing – Kawasaki is uh, immune, and it causes inflammation in the air, in the joints and whatnot. So the kids are very sick with this. A lot of people didn't think that kids were susceptible of getting it, but they are. So if your kids start running a fever, or they're just not feeling right, take them to the ER. Okay. Any other questions? I have a question. This is Charnette. And um, what are your thoughts on, you know, the different restaurants that are opening up? Some are really, really, um, you know, require masks, some don't. And has there been any, any literature that talks about you, the food being a carrier, if you, perhaps you um, were eating at a restaurant or you got takeout food and that particular restaurant, you know, wasn't doing a lot of PPE, anything on that? Well, the virus don't like cold. So if your food is hot, you're good. Um, and most places, because I've even been in the restaurants, and they've had the social distance, you wear your mask in and you take it off. If they're keeping that six foot social distance, then you're safe. Um, another thing is I wouldn't be eating no cold like sushi or anything like that. But this virus, it doesn't like warm. So another good thing is if you do test positive, a lot of hot lemon water tea, gin, um, ginger tea. Um, I mean, every day I make me a big thermos of um, ginger tea and I take it and I drink it all day. My thermos stays hot because you got to keep it your mucus uh, membrane is moist, so you keep drinking. The fluids help. But um, as far as the restaurants, you know, um, most restaurants are practicing safe distance because they want to stay open. Uh, but like you said, you never know who's a carrier and who's not. So make sure it's just hot. Because this virus cannot grow on anything hot. And it's not even like a super hot. You can drink your water at room temperature. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I have another question. Sure. My grandbaby had Kawasaki. Does that make him immune to getting it again? He had it once before this, before this came out. He was in ICU, but he got over it. But this does that, so does it make him um, immune to- He probably- he probably carries to anybody, just like chickenpox, um, any of the childhood diseases that they get. Once they get it, they usually have immunity, and they build that immunity. That's like now with the COVID-19, people that test positive, they want to do immunity tests on them. But that's not guaranteed. That's just like a hit or miss with the flu shot. But he's probably protected because he has that immunity. He has the antibody already from that disease. Oh, that's good enough. So what, what causes Kawasaki? Because that's what we couldn't figure out. It's a virus. Oh. It's a virus. 
just oh. like chicken pox, just like, well, you know, now we get the shots for chicken pox, so most kids don't get it anymore. But all those are your childhood diseases. They're viruses. And there's really no, it's not like, only thing you can treat with medicine is if it's a bacterial infection. Like if you get a bacterial pneumonia, then they can treat you. But if you get a viral pneumonia, it's just like what they call walking pneumonia. It's just got to take its course. Okay, Allison had a question. Go ahead, Allison. Hi. Um, Valerie, uh, both my son and I are prone to nosebleed. And I know for a fact that the um, testing is done with a... <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell way up there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like, as soon as they're going to, you know, stick this um, Q-tip up our nose, it's going to be something awful. So is there another way of examining those who are prone to nosebleed? There's another way to test. The, the COVID-19 test with the nose swab is just like the flu swab. It's through a Q-tip. Then they have the antibody test, which is done through blood, but that's only if you've ever been potentially a carrier of the COVID-19. Um, I mean, in your case, I would not get it done unless it was extremely, like, you if had severe symptoms. If we had the symptoms or something that that yeah. would cause so us to, because I could just see a mess happening as soon as they decide you know, to. And, and don't, because... I've seen so many patients when I was in Jersey working the um, COVID-19. I have saw I never saw so many people come in with nosebleeds, and I mean, literally we were packing it and they still was bleeding. So, no, do not get the test of you <laughs> unless you got like oh, symptoms like this. When in that case, they can just diagnose you and say, "Go ahead." <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Christy had a question. Go ahead, Christy. Christy? Let me see. Can you unmute? This is Colette. Oh. You hear me? Yeah. There was a young lady I spoke with who is uh, recovering from an unassociated um, illness but she has been in a rehab center and since she's been there for a couple of weeks she has contracted the disease um can the disease mask itself i found i thought that when you had the disease that you had a shortness of breath and you were unable to speak and that kind of thing but when i talked to her she sounded really healthy and very well and, and so i I she decided could, she was going to be out of the hospital soon. So what's the story on that? She could be asymptomatic with it. Um, she could be negative now. Oh, no, you test she tested positive. positive three times. Three times? Okay. Then she's a carrier, and she may not have any symptoms now. It's not, And symptoms present in a different way. She might not have the shortness of breath or cough. She could have just the fever or just the chills or or just the general body aches, um, not necessarily that. And if she got it from, now they're making the guidelines for rehab, like the patients that come in, they have to quarantine them 14 days before they can put them out with the other patients. So a lot of things have changed as far as nursing homes and rehab because of the CDC and the guidelines, because that's where most of our patients were getting this from, from the nursing homes, and it's because they're going from one room to another room or their shared room. So it put them at a higher risk because they're in that close quarters. And then the AIDS were going to, there was a lot of healthcare workers in the nursing home and rehabs that tested positive as well. Um, and that's kind of hard because the geriatric population is one of the worst ones, but she can be still symptomatic and test positive. Those are the type of people we send home that are that test positive and they don't have any serious illness in the hospital we send them home with push the fluids 
maintain a healthy diet and return only if they had symptoms that warned them to come back to the hospital. Okay, who is this on XT1? It says Charlie Alberry. <laughs> you can go ahead. Oh, it's me? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, my question is, have you seen any reports that shows that you could get COVID-19 like more than once? Like if you pop positive and you quarantine and we have had a once? Yeah, and that and that's why we're not sure if this virus is actually mutating and coming in different strands because like I said, you know, at first we had just the little symptoms. Now we're getting these big symptoms where people are coming in with strokes and heart attacks due to the COVID-19. And we have had doctors and nurses who tested positive, then tested negative, and then tested positive again. So, yes. Uh, Gina had a question. Go ahead, Gina. Hi, thank you. Just questioning the gloves. I've seen like a lot of people with the mask as well as gloves, especially like when you go in the supermarkets. Now I've worked with special needs children and I know like gloves are so one time use we close and use it and throw them away. Yeah. But, um how important are gloves and when I, should we I, I really I look at the people in the stores with the gloves because they're touching everything in this in this store and the main thing is wash your hands before you touch when you have your mask on, let's see. You want to wash your hands before you touch your face. So if I have my mask on and the same gloves that I've been in the store with, and I get outside, I pick off my mask with those same gloves. You've touched everything in the store. You might as well not wear gloves. You might as well just wash your hands or use hand sanitizer. The main thing is that is not to touch your to wash your hands and not touch your face or nose with your contaminated hands because that's how you get the virus in your system when you use your dirty hands and you touch your nose or mouth. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions about? Go ahead, Wanda. <laughs> okay. Um, can you hear me? I have a question. We've talked about, um, you talked about Valerie. You talked about um, Kawasaki disease, and you said inflammation and fever. Are there any other symptoms? I have a two-year-old granddaughter, and I really worry about her. Kawasaki, you know, um, they are very, they are sick, high fever. They're just sluggish. When a kid, when a kid slows down, you know they're not. Kids can run around with 103 temperature and still be active. And then when they touch you, it's like, oh, my God, you're so hot. But when a kid just totally slow down and shut down, that's something wrong. That, that's your first sign right there. Uh, when they don't want to eat or, or they just want to lay around and moan and moat, that that's a kid that's, that's not a healthy kid. Because kids never stop. They're like little energized bunnies. They go 24-7. So... That's what you want to look at. I mean, they could have sometimes just a little cold or something, but if you're not 100% sure, it's always best to just take them, especially if they got a fever. That's your first sign with kids. Okay, okay. thank you. Mm -hmm. um, XT1650, go ahead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think that's me. <laughs> um, the next question, now that you know, we're going back to work and stuff. They put, everybody's going back to work. With the hot tea, we're drinking a hot tea to try to, you know, keep the mucus down. Is there anything else that we could do? Like, um, I heard aspirin, like if you take aspirin, or is there any kind of medicine? Um, uh, the I the GR, working? GR, we stopped giving COVID-19 patients aspirin because of the clotting and the bleeding. Um, but you can vitamin C, zinc, and vitamin D. Um, what I do is, you know, if you like the ginger tea or the ginger root, I take yeah. that, I take that and put some honey in it. And I'll even take some of like my frozen strawberries and blueberries and put it in my tea. Okay. This is, 
This is my bottle I drink out of like all day. And it keeps my tea hot. Walmart, $14. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and 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 same thing when you go back to work. I mean, wear your mask because you don't know who and keep your social distance. Yes. Go ahead, Charlie P. <laughs> Okay, I finally learned how to raise my hand. <laughs> In response to Allison, when I had my test, and it's been about a month ago, they did um, throat swab. So I'm wondering if that result that I got back was reliable. I've never seen. Now, you sure they tested you for COVID or are they check you for like strep? Because I've never seen a, a, a COVID or flu swab done on the throat. Now, they do a strep in the throat. Well, we were at the stadium, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people every day, and they did throat swabs. They sent the results back. They call you back with the results in about three four days. Oh. I'm going to have to ask about that one tomorrow. Because I've never... Um, since I've been doing this, we've always done nasal. I've never seen a throat swab done for her. This is and what they do at the Hot Rock Stadium, and they do they do hundreds and hundreds of people every day. Okay. Well, I would find that out tomorrow because I'm going to my first mobile unit tomorrow for COVID swabbing. So that is good to know because I didn't know there was another way of doing it besides through the nasal. Yes, and I had to say, ah, I had to open my mouth wide, ah, and they had a long swap, and they did my throat. Okay, um, anybody else has a question? Yes, this is Colette. Um, speaking of testing, should we all go and get tested? Well, they're recommending that if you have symptoms, um, if you had any close contact with anyone else that maybe tested positive or been around anyone, um, but if you're pretty well healthy and no symptoms, it's not required. Now, if you just want it for your own satisfaction, most places are doing free testing, you can go get tested. I have a question, um, this Wanda Smith-McKenzie again. I want to go back to the throat swab. I almost asked that question earlier. I got my test done in the city of Pompano, and they did a throat swab also. Oh, really? Yes, now I'm getting concerned, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I had, I had a nasal swab done, and Florida Hospital, after they told me it was negative, after I went to Jersey and come back four weeks, then they said, well, our testing might have not was accurate. Do you want to get retested? I was like, no. Nothing in the back of my nose. And you a nurse and you don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's serious. They, they go for gold. They go for brain matter. That's why I said I'm not going to go until I feel I need to go because I think that can be torture. Anyone else has any questions? Very, very. Go ahead, Pat. Um, Valerie, um, I heard that somebody told me that if you felt that you had the symptoms, that you would boil a pot of hot water and put a towel over your head and, and, and breathe. Does that really help? Well, like I said, the virus doesn't like heat. Okay. And they said even, I even heard like the hot tub of sauna because you're inhaling that steam. Yes, I heard that too. I do that every now and then just to be safe. <laughs> Very powerful discussion, you guys. Um, anyone else has any questions? I just have a quick question. Um, when I check, it seems like the numbers are going up every day and we're opening up the city. So do you know if we're any closer to finding a cure to this virus? Um, and my second question is, I would like to participate in some of the um, 
protest that's going on, but I know it doesn't seem like um, <laughs> it's a social thing at all. So my second question is, is there, in your professional opinion, is there a safe way to go out and protest? Well, I mean, really, you saw a lot of the protesters are wearing masks. So the healthcare, we're going to wait about three weeks after all this protesting and see if the numbers are going to spike because now they want to know how effective, it's almost like a little study they're going to do. They want to know how effective the masks were for people that were protesting because that's going to be one of the questions they're going to ask, were you protesting, did you wear a mask? So that way they can determine how many people turn up positive and how many people turn up negative. So, I mean, you're, it's almost like a 50-50 chance of wearing your mask and going. Um, surely, even if you're not social distance, if you got your mask on, if you got an N95 on, that's another thing. I wouldn't just wear a cloth mask. That was going to be my question. What's the best kind of mask? <laughs> yeah, the N95, um, when um, we put on our full PPE, we have the N95 or the Groshan and then facial and um, a gown or I call them my sauna suit. But um, <laughs> you have to protect yourself. I'm telling you, we have to wear those big sauna suit things and you're drenching afterwards. Go ahead, Tanya. Um, going back to the mask. I have two different masks. I do have the N95, but I also have a mask that's double material. And I have a mask that was made for me that we use uh, to give me a filter to put inside the mask. What is the difference between the double material and the filter that she gave me inside the mask? Going to make any difference? No, I mean, you don't really need an N95 unless you know you're in a high risk place. I mean, like I was telling Michelle, if you know you're in a, a close quarter um, demonstrating and you don't know who got what, yeah, protect yourself, wear N95. But if you're just going to the store or, you know, just where you are, where you maintaining your social distance but you still want to protect yourself from any airborne a uh, regular cloth you can use a bandana a scarf uh a lot of these they have the filters in them so when you take it out you can wash it and put the filter back in but any any will protect you unless like i said if you know you're in a high risk place that you potentially could contract something an n95 like are you going on a plane? Put on your N95. How accessible are the N95 masks to get now? Because I know one time it was few in numbers. <laughs> well, like like this one, um, it's a cloth one, but I ordered the N95 filter. You can order the filter to put in most of these masks that have the little pocket for the um, the cloth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can order them off Amazon. They come in like a pack or such and such. You can order the N95 filters, and then they just come in and out when you um, wash them. Okay. That's good to know. Any other questions? Okay. You have a question? Karen. Go ahead. Hi, Karen. This is Audrey. I'm not on the Zoom, but I'm on the phone. Um, thank you. This is really good information. Um, I would just, I don't have a question per se, but I would like to add that for those of you that might be interested in contact tracing, a lot of the information that was shared, you can become a certified contact tracer. And I think it behooves everyone on this call to consider taking the course. It is about a five hour course online. Johns Hopkins University was offering the course free. Um, they still might be, I'm not sure, 
but there's a lot of good information and I think it's information that us as a community, particularly, um, I assume that most of the folks on the call are from communities that are high risk, where there are a lot of high risk individuals live and work. Um, so it might be something that those folks that are on the call this evening might want to consider um, getting their certification in. Um, and I assume that maybe even after this, the, the events of the last two weeks, there's probably going to be even a greater demand for contact tracing. Thank you, that was Audrey Wetzel, the CEO of Medi. Um, and we thank you for joining us and for giving us that information. Can you um, put in the chat? Is there a website that you go to for that? Do you know it? Um, I can I can send it to you, and okay. then you could for the folks that you had in the distribution. If you want to share it, then okay. you could send it out to everybody. I could do that. Okay, thank you. Any other questions, comments? Oh, oh this was a wonderful session. Thank you so much for putting it together. Oh, you're welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Valerie. Um, for you know, just agreeing to do this for us. Um, I know you, you, you're a busy person and we really appreciate you just opening up your heart to us and giving us this much needed information. So um, we applaud you. Um, we we, we are, we'll continue to pray for you guys out there on that front line because I know it's, 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 it's touch and go and, and probably very scary for you to be out there but we will definitely keep you in prayer, um, lift you and your other workers up and just um, continue to keep the faith and put God first. And, and we, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much. Um, and you guys that are online for the first time um, uh, have been following us for the last four weeks. Um, just stay tuned for next week. Um, Again, I say if there's a topic or something that you would like some information on, please text me, email me, or put it in the chat, and we'll try to um, bring on some professionals. Um, I, may, I thought I was going to have some more health care professionals on tonight, but we will um, try to reach out to those individuals and to see what information they have to offer. Um, like I said, this is for women only, <laughs> um, but we're not um, trying to keep the man out, but we, we know how we want to talk and be candid about things. So um, this is a woman's only session, but you can share that information with your spouses if you need to. But um, if that's all that you have, um, we're, we're, we're going to be on here every Sunday until we say different at eight o'clock. Pretty much the same um, link on on the thing on the um, Zoom for the Zoom. So, um, if that's all you have, I'm very conscious of people's time. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, Karen. I really um, enjoyed it, and I hope everybody got something out of it. Um, please, please be safe. Um, not only with the protesting, just with the COVID-19, it seemed like we've got relaxed with it, with everything opening back up. But please, please stay safe and remember to protect yourself. Thank you, Valerie. Um, Phyllis, Phyllis clapping, giving you an applause. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and I'm gonna ask my, my, my buddy, Miss Tammy, can you close us out in prayer? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And let's bow our heads and prepare our hearts. Father God, we just thank you, God, for another day that you have given us. And Father God, we just thank you for Valerie for giving us the information that we need on COVID-19, God. And Father God, we thank you for Chief Chisholm for putting it all together and, and everyone uh, with the questions and opening up for a discussion that we all need, God. And Father God, we just thank you because we know that you're a faithful God and that you never leave us nor forsake us, and that wherever we go, that you're with us. And Lord, we just thank you for your protection. And we just pray this prayer in your son Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. See you next week. Okay, you guys stay safe and practice social distancing. Okay. You as well, Thank you for the invite. Thank you. Thank you very much. Somebody was saying, excuse me. Have a blessed Okay, all right. You too. Thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good seeing you, Miss Charlie O'Berry. How do we? I'm mute yourself. Oh, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm learning. I'm learning. I <laughs> mute myself. How did I get the mute? Not easy. It's good to see you. I leave. It's not easy. Uh, oh, okay. I see. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, everybody. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye, Charlie. <laughs> Who is this? Somebody said Charlie being in. I got a Charlie Allberry over here. <laughs> you on two things? No, Charlie Allberry. I caught myself leaving that. Oh, to get the screen. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I saw that Charlie Alberry was still there. I don't know how to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Charlie <laughs> Pink. Okay. I think that's a note for me to say good night. <laughs> Allison, I like your outfit. Girl, I had to get ready for this. <laughs> Too. <laughs> oh, that was a shame, wasn't it? Honey, Charlie, I had to get ready. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, boy. This is good. Hey, Jeanette. Hello, man. How are you? Good. Great. Tell me how to mute. I never got to mute.